Well, it's Pentecost Sunday, and I believe it's actually a perfect text for the moment that we're in. Uh, I think the Holy Spirit is doing something new, and so that's our theme for today, new wine and new wineskins. Wine comes up at the very end of the passage Garrett just read. It also refers back to a moment when Jesus was teaching with his disciples. So we're going to be looking at those texts today briefly. Uh, but I want to begin by actually telling a story about a new thing that happened in the life of somebody I knew at one of my former churches. Uh, there was a wonderful couple at the church that uh, I served in Colorado. Their name were uh, Helen and Paul. And they are a sweet older couple. Just thinking about them puts a big smile on my face. Uh, they were uh, actually very uh, kind of well-known in the community as being leaders uh, of different Christian organizations. And they've been a part of different churches at different times. They started going to our church because they're seeing and creating their family there and there. And they are such a welcome addition. It was really cool to get to know them. I heard about them. And Paul and Helen, if you just want to picture them, they were the most uh, humble, kind of gracious, down-to-earth couple. Paul, uh, they're both older folks. Paul wore glasses. He had a white uh, mustache. Helen was just this sweet woman. And they were uh, ushers. They were greeters. They would welcome you when you came into church. And, you know, it's always kind of stuck with me that I feel like that's one of the most important parts of any church is that you get greeted, is that someone says hi, someone sort of picks you out of the crowd and says, hey, it's good to see you today. Like, there's really not many other places in our world where that happens, especially now. So Helen and Paul, they greeted people. And I'm a big words of affirmation person, and they kind of figured that out. And they would just give me the greatest gifts of just kind words and encouragement. Uh, I was uh, an associate pastor. And so, you know, they just kind of said, like, hey, we're going we're gonna to help you grow. And so they just gave uh, so much of themselves to our church. We we're so grateful to have them. And then uh, there was a really difficult season for them uh, that happened totally out of the blue, as these things often do. Uh, Paul was driving uh, to Denver along I-70, and uh, he was in an accident, a pretty serious car accident, and uh, he died uh, right there uh, on the highway. And when we got the news of this uh, at our church, we were just stunned. Like we couldn't believe it. We'd just seen them on Sunday. We had just, you know, been together in fellowship and worship. And it was, uh, to say it was heartbreaking and shocking to our community would be an understatement. It was really hard. Uh, we had a memorial service for Paul at the church. Um, Helen and her family were there. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a cliche to say that the, the sanctuary was packed, but it really was because Paul and Helen and had such an amazing impact on so many people. And so to have been a part of that was really an honor for me, but I really uh, was concerned for Helen as many were, like how do you pick up and kind of carry on after that? And we didn't see Helen for a while, as is understandable. Those of you that have been through grief know that um, sometimes you just, you don't really wanna be around anybody for a little while. Sometimes you just need time uh, to recover. And so Helen took some time. And then when she came back to our church, she was still herself. She still had this warm, wonderful smile, but it was, it was different. It was a little uh, less beaming, I would say. Uh, but she was still this person who had these amazing gifts for welcome and hospitality and warmth. 
And so what we saw, what I saw in her life was God starting to do a new thing. She wasn't going to go back to doing the ministry that she'd been involved in of, of being an usher and greeter. That was kind of her and Paul's thing. And I think she was um, not, you know, that wasn't going to be a step she was going to get back into. But she took her gift. She took these uh, abilities that God had given to her to welcome people, to help them feel like someone in the room really cared about them. Uh, for being just this gracious, genuine person. She took that and she started to apply it in a new way. Helen got involved in a ministry that uh, our church did, and now that we do here at Bethany as well, called Grief Share, which is where you just get together with people and you talk about grief, which is hard. Uh, it's kind of like AA for grief. And she got involved with that, and she uh, started leading uh, many of those meetings. She uh, would sit with a group of women on Sundays who also had lost uh, their spouses. And they had this sweet, wonderful unity together as a group. They would all sit together in this one pew and I would, you know, look over at them at different times in worship and see them, you know, grabbing the other person's hand or just kind of laying a comforting hand on their shoulder uh, when they would become emotional during worship. I say all of that to say none of us would have wanted that type of change for Helen. None of us wants to experience the kind of change that she went through where you have to reassess what you're doing. You got to figure out what God is up to. Those are not easy times. But I will say that what God did in her, and one of the things he taught me through watching her and being a part of the team that was caring for her, was that the Holy Spirit is at work in ways that sometimes we just don't understand. Sometimes we can't really fathom why something like losing a spouse, like what they went through, why would that happen? And yet I saw God start to do a new thing in Helen. I saw him take her gifts, what she already had, and apply it to a ministry that really needed uh, her leadership. And so I want to bring that up as we begin today, because I think this moment in the life of our church is a little bit like the moment of Pentecost. It's a little bit like new wine and new wineskins, which we'll get into in a sec. I believe God is doing something remarkable and something new in the church around the world. And I'm not just talking about the fact that you guys are sitting at home in your living rooms wearing your jammies and I'm standing here in my office talking to my computer screen. Like, that's a new thing for all of us. This is not where we pictured we would be at the end of May of 2020. And yet here we are. I think God is doing something deeper, more foundational, and that each of us has a part to play in that. So we're going to look at the Pentecost text today. We're going to talk about uh, Matthew chapter 9, which is where Jesus talks about new wine and new wineskins. And really the two questions for us to consider are, what is the Holy Spirit doing? That's question number one. And then question number two is, what part do I play? What part do we play as a church? So to look very briefly at the text that Garrett read for us, Garrett, way to handle all of those uh, very difficult names that you had to read from that text. I gave you a tough passage, buddy. Thanks. Uh, what is the Holy Spirit up to? The Holy Spirit is descending upon a group of people who are a diverse representation of the global church. This is in the book of Acts, right? So this is a few years, we think, after the death of Jesus. Jesus is ascended in Acts chapter 1. And we see him, uh, he, we see the ministry continuing to unfold, even though the disciples, even though all these leaders in the church really don't have their wits about them. They're still grieving the death of Jesus. They're trying to figure out what the resurrection means for them. And the key verse I want us to look at is verse 11, 
because we need to answer the question, what is the Holy Spirit doing? It says it right there in verse 11. The Holy Spirit is inspiring people, my translation says it this way, to speak about God's deeds of power. That's the purpose of all of this. It's a miracle, yes. It's a visual, tactile miracle. We see flame. We see tongues of fire. We hear people's voices. There's this movement, this rush of the Holy Spirit that feels like a, a strong wind. All these things are, are, are experiences that people have in the midst of this miracle, but it's all pointing toward a purpose. God doesn't just do miracles to sort of show off his firepower. These are miracles that are focused on an end goal, and the end goal is to equip people to speak of God's deeds of power. We see this happen right after this particular text. The very next passage is Peter's sermon where he speaks to Jews, he speaks to Gentiles, and he presents the gospel in such a powerful way. He is speaking about God's deeds of power. We see this countless times in the book of Acts, and we see this transcending cultural and racial and ethnic barriers. Think about when Philip, who's one of the apostles, is carried by the Holy Spirit. It's, a, it's an incredible miracle. And he speaks the gospel to a man who is from Ethiopia, who's a eunuch, who's coming from a totally different worldview than him. And he comes to follow Jesus Christ. God is equipping people in this moment to speak about his deeds of power. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. So then it begs the question, what part do we have to play in that? Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you, we got to be speaking about God's deeds of power. But I want to nuance that a little bit and give us a, an entry point into this that's particular to our context. What part can I play? That's the second question that we're talking about today. The first part that you and I can play is that we can admit to ourselves that it's okay to feel overwhelmed right now. Let me say that again. It is okay, church, if you feel overwhelmed right now. I know there's people who are finding their footing during this whole time of pandemic. I know there are people that uh, have incredible confidence. Let me just say that in my conversations with people, there is an undercurrent for all of us of being overwhelmed, of managing our jobs from home, of managing kids and families and trying to figure out groceries and is it safe to go to the playground. All of these things didn't exist a couple months ago and now we're here. So it's okay to be overwhelmed. Don't you think that the people in this story were overwhelmed? Think about it like this. If you've been to an international airport and you've wandered by you know, a restaurant or a coffee lounge and you've seen groups of people sitting around talking to each other in a bunch of different languages. Over here, you might hear people talking in French and over there is Spanish and over there is Arabic and I'm not sure what that language is over there. And then through all of that, you hear someone speaking your language. You hear someone speaking English. And you go, oh, there it is. I recognize something. Before that, you're confused as all get out. Which, which, which thing do I need to listen to right now? I imagine that for the people who experienced the miracle of Pentecost, there was a moment when they were totally overwhelmed by it. And yet God pulled them through it. And God is going to pull us through this. God is going to pull us as a country through our conversation and our reckoning with our history of race and racism. It is okay to look at the things that happen in downtown Seattle or in anywhere in our country and say, I am overwhelmed by this. As a predominantly white Anglo church, a church that looks like I look and that kind of comes from similar backgrounds to me, 
I just want to say like for our friends of color, for communities of color that we're connected to, being overwhelmed is pretty normal. To have all of these different things happening, all of these moments that have populated our news feeds for it all to come rushing in at once, that's a little extraordinary. But to feel like people aren't paying attention to you, to feel like no one cares that this, this, these continued systems of racism and racial injustice that they just keep rolling, that, that's pretty normal for our friends in communities of color. And it shouldn't be that way. And we as a church, again, I thank God for this. I mentioned this at the top. I'm so glad that for us, part of how God has given us the gift of trying to navigate this, part of how we can sort of stand in solidarity with those who might be overwhelmed as we are overwhelmed, is that we have friendships with people that are doing ministry in communities of color. We have our friends at Paradise Baptist. We have our friends at House of Grace. And I'm not saying that like, oh, look at how this worked out for us. Isn't it great that we planned this? That's just what God did. That was just God's provision that we have been able to step into these friendships. And when we face moments like this, weeks like this in our nation where we go, this is just crazy. We have friends who sit with us, who stand with us. We stand with them and we say, we're with you and we're for you. And I thank God for that. And I believe that's one of the ways that God has given us a pathway through a sense of being overwhelmed right now. So it may be hard for us to say this, and I want to challenge you to do this in your breakout groups in a little while. Maybe you just need to name the places where you felt overwhelmed. Maybe that's the first step of participating in what the Holy Spirit is doing. Instead of just saying like, yeah, you know, things have been a little tough, but we're doing fine. We're taken care of. Well, praise God for that. Go one level down and share with the people in your breakout group in a little while. This has really burdened me this week. Or honestly, I haven't really been able to give this conversation the time of day because I've had so much going on at work and I feel overwhelmed there. And it's not so much that we need to name where we're overwhelmed. That's part one. Part two is to do what the scripture says, church, and to declare God's deeds of power. That's what I really would love for us to declare in our breakout groups. Our breakout groups can become these amazing places of testimony where we simply say, God, you're doing this. Thank you. One of the ways I have seen this happen in our community was just a couple of weeks ago in worship when we had Joe and Teresa Phillips sharing about this incredible thing that God's doing in their family, where they brought in a member of their family, a niece who really needed a safe place to live, and they've provided that, and God has opened up doors for their family to really be united during this time, and that their small group has walked with them through that, that people have been praying for them through that. I count that as one of God's deeds of power during the pandemic of 2020. And I thank God for how he has blessed the Phillips family in our church. I thank God for a mom that I talked to this week who uh, said, you know, it, it was hard to kind of adjust to doing homeschool and it's still hard, but I really feel like God's been good to me. I feel like I got my feet under me. And I celebrate that. I celebrate that people in our community are going, you know what, I've seen God be faithful just because I don't want to pull my hair out right now that I'm able to live into this moment faithfully. I celebrate that for friends who've lost jobs, they are actually starting to have interviews and conversations that feel really fruitful. I celebrate that. Those are just God providing, providing, providing. There are other ways that we have seen God at work in our lives, doing these mighty deeds of power. Would you share that with your breakout group? 
would you give them an opportunity to say, amen, like, thank you, God. Thank you for doing that. And if you don't have anything like that to share this week, let your group pray for you and encourage you so that that day will come. The final thing I want to encourage us with is we think about the Holy Spirit. We actually need to look at Matthew chapter 9 to do this, but it's just to be filled with this new thing that God is doing. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is teaching his disciples about fasting and about how to live uh, as people of the kingdom. And then in Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, uh, verse 16, he talks about this weird thing that happens when you come to know Jesus Christ, there are parts of your life that just need to change and it'll feel misshapen, it'll feel strange, it'll feel odd, but this is just how Jesus replaces more and more of our own sin and brokenness with himself. He uses the analogy of a piece of cloth on clothing. He says this, no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth onto an old cloak, for the patch pulls away from the cloak and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed, but new wine is put into fresh wineskins. So both are preserved. You may have heard uh, teachings on this, but just to refresh kind of the historical context, in the ancient Near East, when people were making wine, like they do now, they took fresh grape juice and they poured it into a container and they let it sit for a long time so that it could ferment and create wine. In the ancient Near East, the vessel for that was like a leather pouch, almost like a saddlebag. And it was usually goatskin. Goatskin, I guess, had kind of more stretching properties because as wine ferments, it expands, it creates gas, and so you need something that can stretch and expand with that wine. And over time, it becomes the good stuff. Church, I very much believe right now that we are in a new wine kind of moment. You hear this at the end of the Acts passage, it's used as an insult, actually. Oh, they're filled with new wine. Those people that are speaking in other languages, that's not really the work of God. But I very much believe we're in a moment where God is pouring himself out. He is doing something new and powerful through his Holy Spirit. And a version of it is here, worshiping together again. It brings me such joy to join with all of you again in worship. A version of it could be whatever God is doing in your life that you just want to celebrate. I think there are ways for the church to step into this unfolding moment, even with all this racial tension, even with the violence and the pain, and say, you know what, we want to name this as a work of God, not the violence, but the desire for justice, the desire for change. And I believe we have an opportunity to tell people about our just and loving God, who sees all people as being created equal, who desires for people to be honored for who they are as his image bearers. I believe this is an unprecedented moment for the church to be involved in this conversation around race and justice and equality. And I believe each of us has a part to play. So is God pouring out something new into your life? Is he stirring something up and you feel like you're being stretched? You feel like there's parts of you that are kind of old and broken, but you want to be able to receive something new. You want to be able to take this new wine and to have it change you. Let me just refer you back to my friend, Helen that I talked about at the beginning, she didn't sign up to have her life turned upside down. Nobody would have chosen that she go through the loss that she did. And yet, 
It was like new wine into a new wineskin. She could pour out the gifts that God had given to her in a new way. What might that be for you, for me, in the months and weeks ahead, maybe in the year ahead? Two questions to consider as you go to your breakout groups. First, how are you doing, but go down a level. How have you seen God at work in your life? How have you seen his mighty deeds of power like they talked about in the book of Acts? Secondly, uh, what are the tools God has given you? What are the tools in your hands? This is back to my friend Helen. The tools that God had given to her was a warm presence, a wonderful smile, and a gift for hospitality. Those are just tools that God gave to her to use for ministry. What are the tools God has given you for ministry? Because that will be the key to understanding how this new wine, new wineskins thing plays out in your life. I tend to find that it's, it's really hard for me to get my head around something when I just go, okay, new wine, new wineskins. That's great. I don't know what that means. But if I think about the tools God has given to me, if I think about his gifting and how he has wired me to do certain things, not just as a pastor, but as a disciple, I can start to make some headway, start to see some changes in my life. God's given me a good mind, and so one of the things that I have tried to do faithfully during uh, this pandemic is to just stay sharp, to keep reading, to keep writing, to keep using my mind in service to Christ and giving myself more time to do that. What might that gift be for you? If you don't know where to start, let me just recommend a resource called StrengthsFinder. We use this as a leadership team to help guide our discussions and unite our team. It's the best assessment I know of to figure out what your gifts are. It's a secular test. It's not a spiritual gifts assessment, but it is a really good way to figure out, man, what, what, what are the tools God has given to me and how can I use them for his glory? So as you go into your breakout groups, let me encourage you to be bold and be vulnerable. You'll have about 15 minutes in your group, so hopefully it's enough time to really talk and really connect. And then we'll gather back together again for worship. Remember that you are the beloved church. That like Psalm 18 says, God delights over you. He rescued you because he delights in you. And he delights in how we are stepping into this moment together. So go with courage, go with boldness into your breakout rooms, and we'll talk together in just a moment. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. We ask that the witness of Pentecost would inspire us to greater depths of love and commitment to you. We ask that you bless our breakout groups and our discussions and use these minutes for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.